Welcome to the first ever episode of Scarescape. I'm Anne. I'm Casey. And we're excited to have you listening with us. This is a horror podcast, and uh, it's it comes in four sections. Uh, so the first thing we're going to talk about with you guys is uh, folklore, and then the second thing we're going to dive into a little bit of true crime. Then we're going to talk about the paranormal, and we're going to wrap things up with some weird facts about nature. And we've kind of got that staggered for you, um, sort of whimsical, factual. And we'll we'll post the times in which each section begins in the description. So if you have a preferred... Or if you just hate us talking about one specific subject. Yeah. Or if you're too scared. <coughs> Pussy. <laughs> Our first topic today is the the Honey Island Swamp Monster, otherwise known as... Uh, the Latish. Uh, it's from Louisiana, lettuce? so it's French pr- pronunciation. It could be pronounced lettuce. Make more sense that way. Okay, so the Latish is the less popular variant of the Honey Island Swamp Monster, so I couldn't find anything guiding me to pronounce it. Um, however, Latish is also a last name, so that I'm kind of pronouncing it how the last name sounds. So there are several different origin stories for the Latish. Which one strikes you the most would you say the one that hit me the most was um the one that sort of sounded like the new jersey devil to me but like the southern version so basically one of the stories is that the latish is an abandoned child who was illegitimate and unbaptized Um, baptism and legitimacy are really big in the south this is this is the early 1900s this unholy child this unholy heathen He's just a kid. <laughs> he didn't choose this. <laughs> Blame his parents. Okay, so he was left in Louisiana Bayou, and apparently some alligators were like, yo, check this baby out. We're not going to eat it. We're going to raise it. The story that I read about this kid was that there's a cabin in the swamp where he lived with his family, his mom and his dad, and one day there was a big storm, maybe a hurricane, because um, hurricanes are really, really prevalent in this region and uh he got separated from his parents and couldn't find them and got lost in the swamp and this alligator heard his cries and they sounded similar to her own young and alligators will raise their young uh for about a year before have you ever have you ever heard a baby alligator cry no are you gonna demonstrate i i cannot demonstrate i don't (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I can't imagine a little boy. Where are you going with this? <laughs> I just can't imagine a little boy just making those little, like, <laughs> raspy squeak. <laughs> well, the alligator mommy decided, this is, this is like, after he she decided to, like, save the boy. The alligator mother decided... That this kid needed turtles in his diet. So he just, he was feeding off of turtles and he learned how to swim like an alligator, I suppose. Yeah, and so then people started talking about this boy, this kid that lived in the swamp with glowing green eyes and webbed hands and feet. And I just think that's the creepiest version of the story. But then... There's another side, another perspective that is specific 
to Honey Island, which is still in Louisiana. This is a Louisiana folklore story pertaining to the bayou. But the Louisiana uh, Honey Island swamp monster is actually considered to be a form, I guess, a mutation of Sasquatch. Do you want to elaborate a little bit on that, Casey? (laughs) Well, you guys know what Sasquatch is. It's like a... Like well, do you want to elaborate on, <laughs> on the types of Sasquatch they see out there, the sightings, the wh- how it came to be? Because we have a lot of really interesting stuff lined up about these creatures, this Latiche swamp monster thing. And there are deaths involved as we continue. So, As we continue. Okay, so uh-huh. this Honey Island swamp monster was first seen by this dude named Harlan Ford. He did catch it on camera, but he didn't release it. His daughter found the footage after he died. Um, He claimed to have seen it, but nobody believed him. Then they found the footage after his passing. So nobody really knew about the footage, and it was really mysterious and weird that he kept it from everyone. It's his personal collection. (laughs) What's he going to do with it? (laughs) What? (laughs) Why is it so private, (laughs) Casey? You don't know what we do with our Sasquatch photos. <laughs> so, um, basically, in 1963, he and his friend were looking for a cabin in the swamp that um, Ford had previously seen from a plane, so they went out looking for it. And his friend Billy Mills and him, I feel like I was really grammatically incorrect. He and his friend Billy Mills. Yeah. Billy Mills in itself sounds erroneous. Alright, so Ford and Billy reportedly came face to face with the with the monster. And I mean they said it was like nothing I'd ever seen before. Ugly and sinister and looking like something out of a horror movie. They were walking through the swamp and this was their second sighting. They found these dead boars and their throats had been ripped out. They were too high above the water where the alligators lived to have been victims of them they found all these pig carcasses and the throats had been ripped out couldn't be the alligators and that's when they saw the large sasquatch-esque footprints except they were webbed said to have three distinct toes but all kind of webbed together with like a lion in the mud um and so that was their most intense sighting so creepy and they they kind of assumed it was this this monster um I don't necessarily believe that. It's still fun. It's fun, but... <laughs> That's the point of this podcast, by the way. You don't have to believe everything we talk about, but it's fun and spooky. Um, and this is very tame compared to what we're going to get into <laughs> Foreshadowing. Um, unfortunately. Uh, but we just wanted to start you off with something kind of spooky, but pretty light in nature. These next two segments coming up are going to be a little This is PG bit compared to what you're yeah, going to get. This is like... Chucky cheeses. We're still referring specifically to the Honey Island Swamp Monster, which is a little bit distinct from the Latiche because its origin stories are different, and it has far more sightings. Um, I actually couldn't find any Latiche-specific sightings online, but um, for the Honey Island Swamp Monster, obviously there have been a few. We're about to cover one final one, but I, before we move on to that, I want to talk about um, speculation over how this creature came to be. Um, a lot of people at the time believed that it was a rogue experiment that had escaped, which is, um, I feel like that's people's go-to. It's really boring. Come up with something else. Um, 
my personal favorite for this, I guess, strain of Latiche is um, a there was a train wreck and uh, some animals escaped and fled to the swamp to survive, and a lot of them died there because that it was they weren't suited to the environment, but uh, the chimpanzees were all right and. They lived there for a while, and then they eventually mated with the alligators, and that became the Honey Island Naturally. swamp monster. Yeah, Naturally. reasonable. <laughs> I like how it's plural chimpanzees, meaning like there's more than one chimpanzee. Well, um, and they didn't like think to mate with each other. Yeah, <laughs> they're like, look at these alligators. <laughs> you think Ooh. it's bad that your your man left you for a younger woman? <laughs> Your chimpanzee left you for an alligator. Yeah, it's another whole. It's a whole different species. You can't even compete. I mean, she has scales. She's like, they're beautiful. She's she looks like a goddamn emerald. She's gorgeous. <laughs> <laughs> she can swim. <laughs> All right. So um, our final um, sighting for this animal, and I just want to go back and summarize because it can get a little confusing. Uh, so there are two variations on this piece of folklore. One is the Latiche, which is a young alligator boy who roams the swamps of Louisiana, also known as the Bayou. But the other is specific to Honey Island, and it's more of a Sasquatch-like creature. They're very similar, and they're often described together as one legend. But the sightings and origin stories are distinct. Ted Williams said that there, he had some similar encounters. And he said there were multiple creatures living in the swamp. So now there's not just one Honey Island Swamp Monster. There are at least two. He sort of believes in the circus theory. It's sort of tied in with it. Um, a quote from him is, First time I ever saw it, it was standing plumb still like a stump. I stopped and realized it wasn't a stump. And it wasn't supposed to be there. <laughs> <laughs> when I stopped, it ran. It was dark gray, about seven foot, seven foot high, seven feet high. It jumped a bayou. Oh God! Oh, I thought a bayou was a lot bigger. Apparently, a bayou is a stream, not a whole entire swamp. As I previously said in this episode, and now must correct. That was when he saw it. The next time I seen him, <laughs> was sw- <laughs> don't laugh at him. <laughs> Respect. The his next culture. time I seen him was swimming in the river. Two of them. One was bigger than the other and faster than the other, and they swam just like a human with them long overhead strokes. I tried to get one of them to look at me, and the other one ran off, and the other one wouldn't look at me. I could have shot it, but I wouldn't on account it wouldn't look at me. It looked too much like a human to me. Broad shoulders, arms hanging down below its knees, hands look almost like a human's. So, so Ted here, he went back into the swamp. You know, after seeing these two freaking creatures, he decided to go back. So obviously he's not the smartest man, but he had to set his trout lines, as many of us do. But Ted here never came back. That's right. He was never seen again. It's really cliche. I know. I love it. I mean, I don't... He wasn't hurt again either. I don't love that he met his doom. I feel really bad about that part, but I love the the way it wraps up the, the story. The thing is, his boat wasn't found either. So I think I think they the two Honey Island Swamp Monsters like took themselves a little cruise, a little vacation. I think they ate him, and they used the boat for firewood because they're civilized, but only to a rudimentary level. 
You just don't want them to have happiness. I don't. Also, I don't believe in Sasquatch or Bigfoot or anything, really. (gasps) But if I were to be able to choose one of these things to believe in, it would be the original Latish story that we shared with you because I think an alligator child roaming the swamp with glowing eyes is the creepiest version of the story and the rest is just wild and goofy. I mean, there's a literal circus involved. So pick which one is the best, but there is a right answer and that's the kid gets lost in a hurricane version of the story. Our next segment goes into true crime. And uh, this is, this is I think, the spookiest story on here that we have for you today. Um, it's called The Spider-Man of Denver. The Spider-Man of Denver, also known as Theodore Edward Conies. Yeah. Yeah, that's him. Um, do you want to give me a little bit of background? Well, actually, you can't because I didn't write out a bunch of stuff from this because I didn't know you would be hosting with me today. <laughs> So why don't I tell you this story and you react? Do it. I will. Okay. I'll react the hell out of this. Okay. Because I think it's creepy. It's re- this is a creepy story. Um, and as we get into true crime, I just want to make a disclaimer that I have favorite stories and things that really intrigue me, but I will never have a favorite murderer because yeah, don't don't romanticize murderers. And yeah, stuff like it, that. they're like, really sick, terrible people. They they're interesting, but they're they're not someone to be looked up to or anything. Just be respectful of the victims because they're they're truly what matters here, not the monsters that perpetuated these crimes. But with that being said, this is a really interesting story, and uh, Casey has not heard of it before, so I'm gonna give her all the details, and she's gonna react. And it's going to be really interesting. And on the next episode, we'll switch up the roles. So she'll have a true crime story prepared for me. And we'll just switch each time. And it'll be great. Mm -hmm. All right. So there was this man named Philip Peters. He was kind of an older guy living in this neighborhood with a lot of... um, the, the community there was fairly active. So everybody knew everybody. And I believe that his wife was in the hospital at the time of this incident. She had a broken hip. She she remains safe, um, just as a disclaimer, but she's not here at the time. Philip goes quiet for a few days. Nobody's heard from him. A neighbor calls the police, and the police show up to his house. And they come inside, and they find his body on the floor. He'd been bludgeoned with an old pistol from within the house. And after the gun came apart, the perpetrator continued to assault him um, in order to ensure that he was dead with a stove shaker, an iron stove shaker. Um, So I'm going to Google that real quick and figure out what that looks like. I have no clue what a stove shaker is. You know what? I just looked at it and it looks like a cartoon worm. So, (laughs) (laughs) So, um, okay, so a shaker stove is this is from wittis.com the article does not appear to have an author i'm just gonna i'm just gonna read directly from this the shaker stove is both classic simplicity yeah that makes sense and a modern beauty united in harmony perfect for bludgeoning an old man the minimized design is multifunctional fitting in with any interior 
Its small size makes it suitable for every type of residence. It comes in black steel and measures 41 inches high, 34 inches wide, and 21 inches deep. Available <laughs> with a short table that has a small shelf. This isn't telling me what the shaker is. I'm assuming it's just used to turn the coals or maybe help the food inside. I don't really know what it does. But um, this man was bludgeoned with it, uh, a heavy iron stove shaker. And that's how he died. I'm assuming he died in the kitchen because this all took place by the refrigerator and the <laughs> Peter stove. Peter died in the kitchen. Unless the they stove keep shaker. their refrigerator and the stove in the bathroom. It's very convenient, yeah. to be honest with you there. Yeah, you can just turn the hot dogs as you take a shit. <laughs> <laughs> it's disgusting. Um, okay, so they find him dead. They find him dead in the kitchen. He's been bludgeoned to death with these, you know, aforementioned instruments. And the police begin to search the home. They notice that all of the doors and windows are still locked, but from the inside, Mm. which leads them to believe (laughs) that the murderer is still inside. Oh. You have a hot take on that one? I personally, okay. (laughs) That would freak me the hell out. Like, I would leave the crime scene immediately because it just gives me chills. I don't. I can't describe. Yeah. Because you know, it takes a second to put that together. So imagine that moment of realization, like, oh, everything's still locked, and then it hits you, and you get that like wave of realization, like, are They're they still, still here? here? Yeah. Like, where are they? So they search the house, mm. and they um, they look everywhere. They don't find anybody in the house. They do take note of a small crawl space. I'm guessing the man was in the small crawl space. That's how they say it. They say it like ASMR. Okay. Okay, so there's there's a trap door, but they, they, they look at it and they're like, nobody could fit through that. A normal human being could not fit their whole ass body up in that room. So they, they take a note of it. Like, they all acknowledge that it's there, but realistically, nobody could fit into it. And I know that sounds like a huge dead giveaway, but they were just, I mean... I can kind of see where they were coming from if it's, like, super tiny. So you're not going to, like, look inside the cabinets for yeah. criminals. So, I mean, yeah. So then the wife comes back from the hospital. Uh, and she lives there with her nurse. Mm. And there have been rumors circulating that the house is haunted because the death was, like, the death of her husband was a really big deal and it shook a lot of people to their core, but... Then they started to believe that there was a reason he had died, like maybe the house was haunted and there was some negative entity or energy within it. Um, some kids reported having seen a face appear on the window. Uh-uh. Um, but then they like w- looked closer and it was gone. You know, classic <laughs> ghost signs. Um, and the housekeeper actually resigned after becoming convinced... She's the smartest one there. Yeah, she 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 quit her job taking care of Mrs. Peters and left Mrs. Peters to live in this Fuck Miss Peters, get the hell out of there. Yeah. Um well would you like to hear the incident that um made her choose to flee? You mean the before that was not enough incident? No. Um she something happened to um oh. the housekeeper that made her believe the house was haunted and that she needed to leave. And my source on this is um, My Favorite Murder with 
um, Georgia Hardstark and Karen Kilgariff. Uh, they're lovely. Um, our style today just kind of happens to mimic them. They'll tell each other a true crime story and the other person will like react, provide feedback and commentary. We didn't plan that intentionally. Um, <laughs> this is just kind of how it worked out because we weren't sure if it was going to be both of us on Scarescape, but My bad. I, we're not trying to rip off their podcast, even if we wanted to. I don't think we could do it justice, uh, but my source on this next little tidbit is them. So the housekeeper was taking care of Mrs. Peters when she heard a noise. Mm. And so she goes down this hallway. Nope. And at the base of the stairs, I believe... She sees this hunched figure no. looking straight at her. No. And if you've ever seen like a Japanese horror movie, it's kind of in that style. He's, he's emaciated and thin and he's Mm-mm. hunched over. And he like, um, he chatters his teeth at her like, I can't oh, do God. it. But okay, it's like, okay. I have, I have one question. Okay. How does one chatter their teeth? Like, well, like I, I get like being cold and like chattering your teeth and all that and like doing a slip. But I'm like imagining, you know, you know, World War Z. Yeah. You know what those zombies do? Like, like they surround. Yeah, it was like a really fast version of that, I think. Like, oh, mm-mm. <laughs> that's a squirrel, man. He's looking for his nut. <laughs> like all men are, kid. aren't they? Yeah, all men. Um, so that's oh, when she quits. God. Yeah, and yeah. And then Mrs. Peters is living in this damn house alone, and she moved to live with her son in Colorado. <laughs> Good thing for you, Miss Peters. Um, Good going. As it turns out... Remember that trap door from earlier? The one I guessed about. Yeah, I don't know if you guys caught on to this, but someone was living up there. Um, His name Mm. was Theodore Edward Conies, and he was discovered as the police made a routine check of the house. Nobody was living there anymore, but things were so weird, they just agreed to check it out. And as they were um, roaming through the house, uh, someone glanced out of the corner of their eye, a pair of legs... Um, like oh, a pair of dirty, oh, ugly feet. God. Yeah, ascending up into the little crawl space. Oh. Can you imagine that? I'm trying not to. It's like when you see a roach dart under the fridge, but so much worse. Oh. I just this got, is like, really a like. Tingle through my whole body. I know. You can't make this shit up. Okay. So they get him down. His name is Theodore Edward Conies. He explains that he didn't mean to kill Mr. Peters. He had just been living in his house for a while, um, you know, just to survive. I think it was just for a few weeks. He had nowhere to go. Um, very, very malnourished. Very, very, I can't say it. I keep wanting malnourished. to say malnourished. <laughs> <laughs> he was very, very malnourished and was stealing food. And he went um, to the kitchen one day, but um, Mr. Peters surprised him and he didn't mean to see him. And so uh, Coney's reaction was to bludgeon him to death and then remain in the house. But here are some creepy facts about him. More? First of all, oh yeah. I mean, they don't call him the Spider-Man of Denver because he liked to, I don't know, teach kids about insects at the local rec center. He he was a bad... I mean, I don't think he was... It's a gray area because it was a survival thing, but he also committed a pretty serious, atrocious act. And he's being creepy. And he's creepy as hell. But his story is also really sad, which I think we can recognize. Maybe just treat people better. <laughs> but it's still he's still responsible for but his don't, actions. But don't don't live in people's crawl spaces. And please. you can have the most tragic, tragic backstory and still be held accountable. So 
I do want to say that I don't think he's absolved of guilt just because Mm-mm. he was really he was trying to survive. He still did an awful thing to an innocent person. So he had been living in this crawl space, and they found his feces and urine that had been accumulating up there. Ooh, how did they not smell that? I don't know. Ooh. Maybe old people don't smell. <laughs> <laughs> everyone my, loses their noses about 60 years old. Yeah. My grandmother, though, can detect a cigarette from miles away. So <laughs> Your grandma's a cigarette she shark. She knows. Um, I don't know how nobody noticed. Maybe it was really, like, within the walls. But um, his feces and urine had uh, accumulated, and it was just a really tiny, disgusting space. I guess he couldn't use the toilet because he couldn't make the flush sound um but just this imagine. is a really creepy thing about him so he admitted to the police that it was really boring to live there because he had to be in hiding all the time so sometimes to entertain himself he would follow mr peters around the house uh, oh i'm not gonna sleep well tonight yeah and that was just a little game he played trying to remain undetected but following him around the house so if you ever feel like a tingle on the back of your neck it's not ghosts it's the Spider-Man of Denver. Yeah, it's just it's just a squatter. Um, and that's, <laughs> that's about all you need to know about Theodore Edward Coney's. Um, he did die in the hospital. Did he have a mental disorder? Um, let me see. He, I'm just gonna, he, he had always suffered from poor health. Doctors told him he wouldn't live to be 18 years old. And so he dropped out of school. It doesn't say his specific illness just that he had always struggled with poor health and he was very and he was just incredibly frail he didn't really have any skills he did work as a bookkeeper for a while but was homeless for a very very long time and so because he was so unhealthy and didn't have any resources that's why he decided to enter this man's home live there and then ultimately kill him out of what he perceived to be necessity and that's the spider-man of denver do you have any thoughts that's fucking creepy yeah, it's it's, it's really scary. Uh, so if you ever feel like you're being watched or you no. get like a chill, it's just a squatter. Because, you know, do you remember that person that happened to someone else it was in Japan. A homeless woman lived in a man's closet for about a year and he noticed his supplies were disappearing. So he set up a camera and he saw her come like out of camera. Oh, yeah, I saw that and it was video. Really, if you watch the video, Ooh. it's so creepy. She just, like, gets on top. Oh. She's, like, crouching on top of the fridge. Y'all look that up. My whole body is tingling. It's, like, it's the creepiest thing. Like, it's not supposed to be creepy, but it's, like, someone in your home without you knowing it. It's... And she lived there for a year. So this this does happen. Lock your doors. Check for squatters regularly. Yeah, just, you know, peeking in your attic. Oh, but he was called the Spider-Man of Denver because a policeman on the case said that only a spider could have survived in that crawl space. Only a and then if you want to join us, um, we're going to move on now to our paranormal topic of the evening, which is the elevator to another world. All right, so basically... The Elevator to Another World is a game, and this game requires yourself, one building that's at least 10 stories high and obviously has an elevator. And then you have to go through various steps. You have to go in, 
we have to hit a sequence of floors um like for example you hit the fourth floor then you go back down the second floor and so on and so on but when you reach the step that contains the fifth floor a woman gets on now this the game says you do not look at her i think the creepiest aspect of this so far is that the game is dictating that you you participate in this alone you don't have the comfort of another person um so even if nothing happens even if it's just a hoax um you're still riding this elevator by yourself and feeling like something paranormal or something otherworldly is going to happen to you if you follow these steps and i just think that's that's in and of itself really frightening if not for paranormal reasons then for who came up with this and how did they know so well how to play into our fears of isolation and ritualism yeah i think i just the woman gets me like why can't we talk to her what would happen if we were to look at her or speak to her like the game doesn't really doesn't really say but basically after she gets in you're supposed to head back down to the first floor but then there's a sort of like junction here if it goes to the 10th floor you continue on with the game but if it goes to the first floor you just gotta leave and never come back don't look don't talk so the game sort of ends there the 10th floor you have a choice you can stay on the elevator or you can get off now if you get off the woman will ask you where you're going the thing here is you're not supposed to answer her you're not supposed to look at her if you could see the face i just made <laughs> don't talk to me i don't i i just want to know why we can't look or, or talk to her like who is she and where are you to i also like how they don't really describe her i think they mentioned she's in a white gown uh but that's it there's no there's no other descriptors there yeah. You know, what color is her hair, her eyes, what's her complexion, what's her stature, is she tall? Like, I feel like you, you know that this game is supposed to be creepy, so you imagine what scares you. Yeah, it just, it just plays into your fears. Mostly. Yeah. And this is paranormal. Um, they're talking about this is, like, a famous ghost-type ritual. In the grocery store of horror, this would be on the same aisle as, um, as like, a seance. You're... Like Bloody you're Mary. Yeah. Yeah. You're dabbling. You're dipping your toes into another realm, a realm of the dead. Yeah. Because basically the end game here is like once you get off the elevator, you are in the other world. Like... Is there a way to get out? Um, yeah. You can return. Um, but you have to use the same elevator from where you came from. This other world will look a lot like the floor you're in but you'll be the only person there and that's the only indication you'll have that you're in the other world so if you're in a populated building and there's no one on the 10th floor you're in the other world but um going back to the choices like if you choose to stay on the elevator instead of getting out at the 10th floor you're supposed to just leave never come back same thing but if you chose to exit, you need to use the same elevator, press the same buttons, 
and then when you reach the fifth floor, the one where the lady came on, it's going to try to go back to the tenth floor. So it's going to try to take you back to the other world. Oh no. Oh no. Yeah. But um, basically, it's really simple to like stop it. Just press any other button. Any other button? Any other button. What about the fire alarm button? <laughs> I mean... <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I don't I'm, I'm just gonna know. assume you shouldn't do that. I don't like the 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 lady in the elevator would take too kindly of that. Yeah. Basically, once you hit the first floor, after choosing to leave the elevator and come back, you need to check your surroundings because everything may not be as it seems, and if there is something out of place out of the ordinary let's say like three hours went by even though it was just 10 minutes do not leave the elevator oh wait so you're just supposed to stay in the elevator and kind of peek around and basically you're still in the other world at that point Uh, (laughs) i don't like okay that really freaks me out other worlds and like doppelgangers and things that look normal but something's wrong yeah that that really gets to me i do want to cover doppelgangers in another and another episode because that is really scary it's like that whole evil mirror kind of thing <laughs> but then i guess just repeat these steps until you're like finally back in your world and not dead by the hands of the young woman and yeah any thoughts there Anne? just to reiterate this sequence for those of you who might want to play this game which even as a skeptic <laughs> i don't recommend Uh, Just in case. Yeah, one, you might die or get trapped in this other world or whatever. (laughs) Or whatever. Fun times. Yeah, but also you might just hold up the elevator and annoy a bunch of people. (laughs) Because we we both live in a building that has more than 10 floors. Yeah. Okay, so the sequence is uh, you get onto the elevator at the first floor. You go to the fourth floor. uh, Stay in the elevator and go down to the second floor. Uh, then you're going to want to go back up to the sixth floor. Uh, then you're going to want to go to the second floor again. Then you're going to want to go to the tenth floor. And then finally you're going to press the button for the fifth floor. And that's where the lady gets on. Yeah, that's when this mysterious woman enters the elevator. Um, and then press the button to the first floor after this woman gets in. And again, you don't want to interact with her. Um, but if it goes back up to the tenth floor, instead of following the command to go back to one, you're definitely going to the other realm and you need to follow the further instructions which means you can go off and explore a little bit but you can't interact with this woman still nobody else will be there you're the only person in this realm um just get back on the elevator where you came from and press the button for the first floor and then exit as soon as the doors open don't look back and don't say anything and that's that's just a really concise recap of all the steps you need Mm -hmm. to take if you want to play at home if you live on campus, like we do, don't do this in Capstone. The elevators are really slow, and we're trying to do our laundry. The elevators are haunted in themselves. Yeah, they don't freaking work, and you're not going to have enough time to do this alone because people are going to get on and off, and you're going to take up the whole thing. and Just don't do That's that. why the third elevator was broken all this yeah. time. This might not be real, but if you try this in Capstone, something will come for you. It's me. <laughs> and now we're going to close up this episode with um a brief discussion of uh creepy nature facts 
So are you ready to hear about Hidnalem Pecky? I don't know if I'm pronouncing What'd you that. say to me? <laughs> I don't know if I'm pronouncing it correctly. Hidnalem Pecky. Let, let me see. It's pronounced, I mean, it's it's spelled. I'll let you decide. Um, whatever Casey says is the final word. I'm going to read okay. it to her and then present it to her. H-Y-D-N-E-L-L-U-M. That's the first part. Then P-E-C-K-I-I. Wait, let me, let me let me see this. I'm not good at scientific names. Hidnellum Pecky. That's what I said initially. I'm now on team Hidnellum though. It sounds better. So do you want to tell do you want to tell me about this plant? Uh why it made our horror show? Why it's so creepy? Well, I think you should tell me about it cuz I presented the last one. Not I mean but I talked okay. a lot, though. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> Apparently, I don't talk enough. So uh, I'm trying to make it fair, and by doing so, you're I'm still a hidden Ellen Pecky. So, oh god. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So basically, this thing is a fungus that has teeth and it bleeds. <laughs> it's me. <laughs> <laughs> it's where are its teeth located? What do they look like? What's their On purpose? the underside of the cap. Okay, so it's like a mushroom, and it has like these teeth yeah. coming underneath it. It has like tooth-like spines, like tooth-like protruding spines. from the underside of the cap. And it's like the mushroom has like a pale pink center, and then it sort of fades into black. Ooh. So it's really, really weird. And then. This mushroom in itself has pores all over it, and these pores sort of, like, ooze a red fluid, so that's where, like, the blood comes from. Okay, so it's basically, like, this mushroom-looking fungus that has teeth growing on the underside of the mushroom cap, and then there's pores all over it that ooze a red liquid and look like it's bleeding? <laughs> yeah, basically. What? And yeah, if if you if you live in Europe or the Pacific Northwest, look look for it. I look would for it. Yeah, send me pictures. Actively seek it. Yeah, <laughs> I think I read that it's you probably could eat it, but you shouldn't because it's gross. <laughs> Don't. I wouldn't recommend eating. It. I think you should just. Take I think a anything bite. that has you know thick red fluid oozing from its tiny pores should... You're gonna want to look up a picture of this shit. It's called, um, the bleeding tooth fungus, and it looks exactly like a plant that's just bleeding. Yeah, and, and this starts. is this is straight out of National Geographic. Like, we're not making anything up here. The first reference in here was, uh, in 1912. So, this thing's been around. Yeah. It's got time on it. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking at a picture of it right now, and it's it's freaky. <laughs> <laughs> and we're going to get into some freaky herb plants, but I thought this would be a nice one to start on. I kind of want to talk about the tongue-eating louse, uh, which, like, mm. replaces the tongue of a fish. It, like, eats the tongue and then replaces it. And then also there's a flower that smells like corpses that I kind of want to get into. So those are things to look forward to, but we're going to close each show with a freaky thing from nature and that's just something for you to be aware of look forward to enjoy <laughs> continue to consume our content don't consume the mushroom though. yeah don't consume the mushroom consume scarescape <laughs> don't eat us please oh god no don't eat us <laughs>
so y'all know there's a flu going around and yeah it's it's pretty it's a pretty big deal everyone's getting vaccinated everyone's getting sick if you don't get vaccinated you're a dick we have a song called la la grippe La Gripa. It's La Grippe by the Squirrel Nut Zippers. I saw them live last year. They're excellent performers and a great band. You should check them out. A lot of their stuff is fun and upbeat and swingy. But this song is really creepy. It has a lot of plague vibes, um, but it's just about the flu. Um, I mean, the flu, a flu. Is, a, is, is a plague at one point. It's not as, it's not as scary or creepy as, like, the plague, but... <laughs> I don't know, man. It is scary. So check this song out. I uh, just wanted to close things out with a creepy vibe for y'all and show you some good music that pertains to our theme and is pertinent during these times, reminding you to get vaccinated. And yeah, anything you want to add? I was vaccinated and I haven't gotten the flu. Good. Are you just saying that so I won't hit you? Yes. <laughs> <laughs>
Nagripaha. 